0: Welcome to the St. George's Leeds Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy the talk.
1: This evening's reading is from the first chapter of the Gospel of Luke, uh, beginning to read at verse number 39. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, The baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed." But has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: Well, good evening, everyone. My name is Lizzie Wolfe. I'm the rector here at St. George's. And Christmas has always been a time for songs. Long before Mariah Carey and Michael Buble, our Bibles include songs from the very first Christmas. Tonight, we are looking at Mary's song, sometimes known as the Magnificat, which is the first word of the song in Latin. Next week, of course, it is contemporary carols, so that's different. But the following week, Paul Wilcock will continue this series speaking on Zechariah's song. And at our 10.30 service, we'll also look at Simeon's song and the angel's song. So, tonight, as we focus on Mary's song, let's set the scene. Luke starts his gospel a bit before the more famous parts of the Christmas story, with the angel Gabriel coming to Zechariah in Jerusalem. Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth are elderly, devout Jews who have been faithful to God, keeping his law. Life hasn't always been easy. Like most of us, they have struggles and heartaches. Zechariah and Elizabeth were childless in a culture where childless women in particular were mocked. Now, an angel comes with astonishing news. They will have a son. This son will be John the Baptist who prepares the way for Jesus. Then there is a scene change in the gospel. Six months have gone by, and we're now in Nazareth. The angel Gabriel appears again, this time to tell Mary that she too will have a son. The Holy Spirit will come on her to conceive, and her son will be the Son of God himself, Jesus. Mary and Elizabeth are relatives. Elizabeth is older, pregnant at last after all hope had gone. Mary is younger, pregnant far sooner than expected. Indeed, she's not even married yet. They live about 70 miles apart. But when Mary hears about the two babies, she hurries off to see Elizabeth. That's where we pick up our Bible reading for this evening. As Mary arrives, John the Baptist leaps inside Elizabeth's womb, and the Holy Spirit carries Elizabeth into shouts of praise and Mary into her song. These two women are excited. They're almost giddy with anticipation, hope, and triumph. To get into the spirit of Mary's song, it might help to think about what would make you celebrate wildly. Maybe great exam results, getting the golden buzzer on Britain's Got Talent, a loved one recovering from a serious illness, landing your dream job. What would you do if one of these things happened to you? Would you shout and cheer? Would you dance around, message everyone you know? Mary bursts into song. She makes up some bits and mashes them together with phrases and quotes that she knows from the Bible. It's a song of celebration, about God and about revolution. Theologian Tom Wright says, it goes with a swing and a clap and a stamp. Now, tonight, we are going to look at what Mary's song tells us about three things. God, Christmas, and ourselves. So, first of all, God. What can we learn from Mary's song about God? Well, one of the features of Mary's song that we've already mentioned is the biblical quotes. Some theologians say it's almost like a biblical collage, Mary draws from Hannah's song in 1 Samuel 2, and she echoes other Old Testament songs, such as Miriam's, Deborah's, and Asaph's. She also uses language that points back to God's ancient covenant with Israel. Words like remember, promise, Abraham, ancestors. All of this roots what's happening to Mary in the big story of scripture. And it tells us God is faithful. Yes, there are some surprising twists in the Christmas story. It doesn't happen exactly as people were expecting. But the birth of Jesus is not the random act of a capricious God. Long ago, God promised to bless the whole world through Abraham's family. And now, he is. Because God is faithful. He is trustworthy. He is a promise keeper. Do you need to hear that today? 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 says, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. Whatever situation you find yourself in, you can trust God. He's not trying to spoil your fun. He won't ever abandon you. If life is tough and you can't see a way forward, hold on to this truth from Mary's song. Our God is faithful. Second, let's see what we can learn about Christmas from Mary's song. Now in our culture, Christmas is associated with family gatherings, food, presents, sparkly lights, decorations, and these things can be great if you have them, which of course not everybody does. But when Mary proclaims what the birth of Jesus will mean, she doesn't foresee matching pajamas around a Christmas tree. (laughs) Mary's song tells us Christmas is about revolution. Somehow, she understands that Jesus' birth, even his conception, changes everything, everywhere, for everyone. That's because Jesus is bringing God's long-awaited salvation. Mary lived in an occupied land under an oppressive regime. Most of the population lived at subsistence level. So perhaps it's not surprising that she pictures salvation in very concrete terms. The second half of her song paints a radical picture that often gets forgotten in our Christmas celebrations. Power structures are overthrown. The oppressors, the proud, the wealthy are brought low. The humble are lifted up. The hungry are fed. It's so revolutionary that at least three governments in Guatemala, Argentina, and the British in India banned the public recitation of Mary's song. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a German pastor and theologian who was executed by the Nazis, said, the song of Mary is at once the most passionate The wildest, one might even say the most revolutionary, Advent hymn ever sung. This is not the gentle, tender, dreamy Mary whom we sometimes see in paintings. Christmas is about revolution. Do you need to hear that this Christmas? All around us, we see situations of injustice and exploitation, both locally and globally. It's easy to feel powerless, and it can be hard to know how to engage constructively. Mary's song reminds us that God cares about justice. He cares about the political, economic, and social realities of our world. He cares enough to send Jesus for us and for our salvation. Christmas is the start of a revolution. When Jesus grew up, he showed us a different way to live. On the cross, he defeated the power of sin, evil, and death. When he rose again, a new world began, and one day Jesus will come back. To put all things right. Change is coming. Because Christmas is about revolution. Third, what can we learn from Mary's song about ourselves? We've seen that the second half of Mary's song has some big world-changing themes. By contrast, the first half is very personal. Mary sings, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Saviour, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Mary rejoices because God has been mindful of her. God noticed her. I always find it extraordinary that God Almighty, the Creator, the Redeemer, also chooses to pay attention to individuals like Mary, like Elizabeth, like me, and like you. Do you believe that? God sees you tonight. He knows you. He loves you. He cares about what happens in your life. When God notices Mary, he invites her to partner with him in his great work of revolution. Mary is chosen to be the mother of Jesus. It's an extraordinary privilege, a holy calling, and she famously says, yes, let it be to me according to your will. Mary is rightly held up as a model of someone who submits her whole life to God's will. But sometimes she's portrayed as a quiet, passive character. That's not what we see in the Bible. We saw earlier when Mary rushes off to see Elizabeth, she is overflowing with joy and excitement. Submitting to God's will seems to have made her giddy with delight. And then She sings with great passion about revolution. Mary is fierce. Now, Mary's life isn't always easy. When Jesus is a toddler, she flees in the middle of the night to protect him, becoming a refugee in a foreign land. And then she endures the agony and despair of seeing her son unjustly sentenced to death on the cross. But three days later, Jesus rises from the dead. The joy and the triumph we see in Mary's song return. And this time, they will never be taken away. God invites all of us to partner with him in his great work of revolution in a whole variety of different ways. If you say yes to God, like Mary did, submitting your life to his will, it doesn't mean becoming a bland, boring person. The passive Mary of school nativity plays is not the Mary of our Bibles. And it also doesn't mean that life will be easy. But Mary's song shows us that saying yes to God does mean opening the door to fullness of life. And if you're interested in that, I'd encourage you to do business with God tonight. In a moment, I'm going to invite you to stand and we'll pray together. We'll have some space just to bring ourselves, our needs and our concerns to God and to listen to what he might want to say to us. We're then going to share in Holy Communion together, remembering all that Jesus did for us on the cross. And after that, there'll be an opportunity for prayer ministry if you'd like that. So as we finish, let's recap. We've been thinking about what Mary's song shows us about God, about Christmas, and about ourselves. Our God is faithful. We can trust him. His promises are true. Christmas is about revolution. God cares about injustice and change is coming. And God notices us. He invites each of us to partner with him. Saying yes and submitting our lives to God brings life in all its fullness. thank you for listening to the St George's Lead Sermon Podcast for more talks or information visit stgs.org.uk